and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Andy Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 308. So, as always, just want to take a moment to thank everybody who tuned into last week's rather bumper show. We hadn't intended it to be that long, so thank you for persevering through all of that. This week, uh, we've actually a uh, slightly um, late arrangement of this, but we're delighted to say that we have a special guest joining us for the start of this week's show, waiting on the line to speak to us now. We're going to, after we've had a chat with Mark, we're going to have uh, a catch up of what's gone on at the club over the last seven days. We're going to go through the main talking points of our loss at Tranmere uh, and any other bits and pieces that have gone on uh, during the course of the last seven days. But as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. We certainly do. So our sponsors are Carol Langley Flores. They're an established business based in Chinkford and they specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. They can do anything from a simple thank you to tailored weddings and event packages. And they also offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff which could give you a very, very big saving on any costs that you endeavour. So to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced flowers, you can give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or on social media, all the platforms they need to be on Twitter. You can find them at Carol Langley E4 and you can find John, the top man at Essex Biz. They are also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and you can find them on Facebook as well at Carol Langley Florist. Not to mention Valentine's Day is now two and a half weeks, weeks away. Make yeah. sure if you are getting flowers, you go to Carol Langley Florists. Absolutely agree. Well said. So, waiting very patiently on the line for us now. We are absolutely thrilled and delighted to have Leighton Orient CEO Mark Devlin waiting. Mark, thanks very much indeed for joining us tonight. We we had you on the podcast three months ago now. Um, a lot has happened and changed since then. So let's start with perhaps your view on the season so far. Uh, evening, gentlemen, uh, and thanks for having me on. Um, well, uh, if you if you look at it in the whole from from the, the 28 games that um, we've had in terms of on the field, um, I think my message would be that if we all... If we'd all had a chat at the start of the season and said that we would be in the position we would be in um, as we're approaching the first of February, um, that you know, uh, a, with a, a good deal of distance between us and the fourth place team, um, top of the table, I think most people pretty much would have would have bitten your hand off for that. So, on the field, and and no doubt we'll talk in a moment about the last month, but on the field, um, we're very much on on target. Um, you know, to, to achieve the promotion that is is really what the board set out to uh, with Richie to, to set out and, and try and achieve this season. So, at the moment on the field, it's uh, it's it's going well, but the last month has obviously been been pretty tough. So, in in the, on the whole, off the on the field, been um, it's we're in a very positive position, accepting that the last month has been uh, very difficult, and um, and we're making strides off the field as well. So it's. Uh, it's it's all all go at the club. Uh, you mentioned the last month, Mark, and I think it it, it wouldn't uh, be valuable not to ask you about it. So, I mean, it's been a difficult month. I think we went into Christmas top by quite a, a long margin, and that margin is deteriorating on a weekly basis. So, I mean, why, what are your thoughts on the last month? And why has it kind of not been as uh, productive, so to speak, as the start of the season? Uh, 
Um, well, yeah, the Northampton game changed an awful lot. So we, we, we went into the Northampton game um, at the start of uh, January and obviously we, the transfer window was pretty much upon us and we had plans in the transfer window to do certain things. And Northampton came, and if I'm honest with you, I don't think I've ever been associated with a club where so much went on in one game, pretty much all of it negative, you know, from the results to the disallowed goal and the, and the you know, the sort of rumpus over that to the sending off to the injuries, you know, um, it just was, uh, it just was a nightmare game, nightmare 90 minutes. And it, um, it obviously changed our planning completely. Uh, it did mean that we've, uh, we were running short. We, we lost our very experienced skipper for a number of games because of the sending off. Um, and we've obviously had a couple of further sending offs to, to key players throughout the month as well. So um, a lot went on at Northampton, but, you know, I think at the start of the season, we expected to have, um, you know, uh, peaks and troughs and bumps along the way. And as bums go, it was a it was a pretty big bump. So it changed our planning. It meant that um, the planning and the and the and the places that we parts of the squad that we were looking to um, to add to, we had to change our focus. And and it's been it's been tough because the players we've wanted, some we've got close to, and then we weren't able to bring in, and because players change their mind, agents change their minds, clubs change their minds. So, but, you know, we've got an agile um, recruitment team and, and a football committee so that the guys were able to come up with new names. We obviously had to focus on the centre-half positions and it's undoubtedly thrown us, uh, it, it threw us a curveball and we've been we've been getting used to the situation ever since. Uh, I mean, I remain, I remain positive now that we've now brought in players from divisions above us into the squad what we weren't going to do um, as well was just to add players to the squad so that you know uh, fans felt good that we were simply adding bodies to the squad Richie made it clear that he wanted to bring people in that could add to the squad and that could come in and start and not just sit on the bench and you've, you've seen that obviously from, from the past couple of games so it's been it's been tough but the team have worked hard with Richie and the football committee I know there's a uh, this, this fabled football committee seems to have a name for itself and not always positive yeah. but I have to say that everyone from the board everyone on the committee board wise myself Myself, um, the recruitment team, Martin, Richie, and, and the team management have sat down and been steadfast in the people that they've wanted to bring in. As I say, it hasn't always happened the way we wanted it to, but we've uh, been able to work with Richie to bring in and be, I think, quite creative in the market in the sense of the players that we've been able to bring in, both at centre half position and even on, you know, late on Friday when it looked like. Um, uh, uh, young Mr Sadlier from Bolton it looked like we weren't going to be able to bring him in until Monday and then everything changed last minute uh, during Friday evening it allowed Bolton to do what they were trying to do which meant that we were able to bring David in on loan so these things go right to the wire it was probably very tough for him to be thrown in but um, uh, we, we, we expect David to come in and, and to really help the team move forward so we're really happy with the business um, in the transfer window we think by the when these guys get a chance to bed in and they're still all bedding in that we've got a strong enough squad to um, maintain our, our, our push for promotion and get us over the line Richie uh, in his post-match on Saturday said possibly one more can you elaborate on that would you be surprised to see anyone come in or alternatively anyone go out possibly I 
personally speaking, I don't think there's going to be a lot more movement. We, one of the other things that fans have got to bear in mind is that um, we are bound by um, financial uh, fair play rules in, in leagues uh, one and two, slightly different from the championship. And uh, up until the time we were able to let Ethan Coleman go to um, uh, to Gillingham, we were getting very close to the headroom there. Uh, that move created some further space for us. So that's it's. I think it's unlikely that we'll see much movement in or out. But that said, you know, tomorrow morning a conversation, an opportunity might arise and we might be able to get something over the line before the end of the window. So something could happen. Personally speaking, I think it's it's doubtful that we'll see um, much movement this side of the, the window closing, either in or out. Interesting. Thank you for that. Um, in terms of, um, I guess, the last month that has been quite difficult for all of us concerned... Um, not least because we've had suspensions, not least because we've had injuries, not least because uh, the results haven't gone our way. Is there anything from the board's perspective that you feel that has contributed to that, aside other than, than, than people getting injured or suspended, or anything that you feel that you could have perhaps done to mitigate any of the, any of the sort of risk in, in what's happened to us at all? Is there any sort of conversations in your your Teams calls or your Zoom calls, whatever uh, it is that, that you feel that perhaps in hindsight could have done this or should have done that? Um, as you say, hindsight's always a wonderful mm. thing. Could we have done? Could we have had a bigger squad at the start? Could we have allowed for what would have happened at Northampton to have happened, you know, for it all to have happened in one um, particular position uh, in, the, in the team was was pretty much unheard of. Plus the, um, the sendings offs, which, you know, no bit of hindsight just can't help you for that. I don't, I don't honestly think there's a lot more. There are no players. I can, all I can say to the supporters is there are no players out there that we haven't been able to bring in for either financial um, reasons. There are players that we've looked at, and as I've already said, for a variety of reasons, we started the ball rolling, and then those deals haven't got across the line because, as I say, there, there are so many moving parts uh, to this that um, uh, that uh, it's not just about us trying to get a player in. Players want to come. Players need to want to come. And when you're top of the table, we're an attractive proposition. So that that part of it was a little bit easier. But then agents find other options. Players decide, or families decide, they want to do something different. And indeed, clubs um, decide that they want to retain a player, or they they come up with different uh, reasons for the player not to move. So I think that um, you know hindsight is can be a wonderful thing. I don't think there's a lot more we can do. We did have a plan, as I say. We had to very very quickly change that and be agile in our thinking after the Northampton game, um, and because we, we weren't just looking for one centre half, we were looking for two centre halves, and uh, it generally is a notoriously difficult market. So I don't think there's a lot more we can do. I think this is just about us all holding our nerve um, coming together we've, we've got a you know you don't become a bad team and bad players overnight these guys got us top of the table in, in the first half of the season and we are hitting one of those bumps at the moment and, and the bump as we discussed earlier is, is quite a, a big bump but we've got the talent in the squad we've got the mentality in the squad you know we've got complete faith in our head coach and his teaming uh, and his team management um, you know that, that we will get over the line I think it's about holding our nerve sometimes when you're leading and you're out in front you know if you're in a if if you're in a race and you're 200 yards ahead of someone and the, the person behind you gets to within 100 yards of you, it can make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and it's a little bit difficult when you're out in front leading. But I think we, 
you know, as a board, we've got complete faith in the squad, complete faith in Richie and his and his management team that we will get over the line. I think it is about holding our nerve now, believing in the players. The fans have backed us tremendously, home and away, and I'd ask them to, to keep doing that because uh, what we what we have to do is we have to come together in this, and it's um, uh, it's the first time since uh, you know putting everything into perspective. It's the first time since Richie's been at the club, which is nearly a year now, that we've lost back to back league games under Richie. So everything has to be held in perspective. The board are desperate to be successful this year. We all want to push on and get to get promoted the players likewise we know the fans are desperate as well um we've got a playing budget you know that's right up in the top um, half dozen of the of the teams in in the uh uh in the division uh, i think everything's in place it's just that you know the team need to find some form richie uh, they'll be working incredibly hard on the training ground it's been difficult during the cold weather and not always been been able to train on grass but you know it's there's been changes there's been last minute little injuries little niggles but um we, you just can't afford to let it grind you down or or, or get too upset about it you, we've got uh, we've got players in this squad that can get us over the line and we've got full belief in them just need the fans to to, to hang on in there to accept that it was never going to be you know we were what averaging 2.4 points at the start of the season that was never going to be sustainable and as I say when we look at it in the round I think most of us would be quite happy going into February top of the table uh, but we all know that we've got to, we've got to turn our um, our form around and we've got to dig out some results and some performances and we've got to do it quickly and nobody is more aware of that than, than Richie and the players and they are immensely capable of doing it and, and the board um, are working very very closely with Richie and his team giving him all the backing that he he needs and can have and as I say I would remind people about um, you know the, the financial protocols in the division don't just mean you can go out and keep adding bodies to the to the squad Richie wouldn't want to do that anyway. You don't get happy players by just having a group of bodies in there. So as I said earlier, Richie wanted to bring people in who can actually affect our performances and come in and make a difference. He believes he's done that. And I think the board have um, done their part in backing Richie and, and working with the recruitment team to bring those players in. So that's a good, real good summary there uh, for on-the-pitch activity, Mark, there. And you've settled my nerves a bit more, so I feel happier having you on. But off the field, Mark, there's a lot, a lot going on, right? So stadium... Off the field, Mike Pink, lots going on. I guess, do you want to summarise all the activity uh, that's going on since we last had you on the podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we've uh, we've been continuing to improve, hopefully from the Wimbledon game, our stadium Wi-Fi, which we had installed earlier in the season. We've had some other issues with it, but that, I'm hoping this week that the technical guys are going to give me the thumbs up and we'll start promoting um, that because I know that I've had fans asking me about the um, stadium Wi-Fi and access to that because we know that we, we want to be able to use uh, that for pushing better content, using our app more creatively, um, using the website to better effect. Um, commercially, you talked about Mike Pink there. It was a, a real shame that Mike has now left us. Uh, Friday was his final day. Um, again, a bit like players, because we're top of the table, because there's been so much positive going on commercially at the club with the digital boards and all the other assets that we've added, um, the the quality of candidates who've applied for uh, Mike's role has been incredibly high. Uh, and we're, we're pretty close now, I think, to, um, uh, to selecting. We've got down to a final short list and pretty close to selecting someone, I would hope, later this week, um, which probably means that uh, he or she 
uh, won't be able to join us for a few weeks because of notice periods. So that hasn't helped us commercially. It's held us back a little bit. But but weirdly, and it's funny how these things happen, even though January has been a very tough month on the field, the commercial interest in the club has is, has never been higher throughout the season, and and I, you know, I know the fans, the fans really are focused on on seeing results on the pitch. I get that completely, but off the field, there are we've suddenly got and Mike, Mike's done a fantastic job as he left the business to set us up with um, renewing current uh, renewing current deals at, at better rates, bringing in new fa- uh, bringing in new uh, commercial partners, and there's I'm very hopeful there's going to be a number of those uh, coming on board. Um, in the not too distant future, probably for the for the new person to pick up and really uh, get over the line. Um, we're obviously looking at the East Stand. Uh, it's a I say it's a nice problem to have, but where the home areas of the stadium have been selling out, fans couple of fans in the East End have obviously written to me and I've been over there and met with them a couple of times at half-time. It is fair to say that the East Stand is um, it's not the best uh, spectator experience possible, particularly at half-time when you've got to make a decision between getting a cup of tea or a beer or using the loose. It's just not fit for, for modern spectator um, requirements. So we are looking at plans there. Um, I personally think that the only thing we can really do with it, unless a really creative architect comes up with some ideas, is probably we're going to have to, um, you know, not stand down and rebuild it with a modern with a modern uh, stand with all the kind of facilities that we would expect both for our spectators and and on non-match days as well to, uh, as well to help keep in revenue coming into the club. So. Um, that's an ongoing one. We've got some specialists looking at that at the moment. We're also looking at um, other areas of the ground, how we can improve the bar areas and uh, uh, some of the catering facilities. Um, <clears throat> we've got a really good partner in, in British Event Catering uh, who want to work with us on that. So we're looking at how we can make that experience better. We know the we know the PA system is still an issue, and that's something that we were going to do this year. But in the end, we had to. There were other things that took priority, so we're hopefully going to replace the PA system in the summer. Um, and and the deal with Spurs continues to to move forward slowly but surely. I don't think the Spurs women are getting quite the crowds they wanted, but we're very hopeful that the deal um, part of the deal was that we would have a a brand new hybrid uh, pitch. Uh, laid in uh, in the summer and that's um, we're waiting for confirmation of that we'll know in March whether that's going to happen or not so there's a lot going on we've we brought an in-house finance team we're, uh, you know this is all the sort of I uh, dare I say it some of the sort of more boring stuff that the fans mm. um, may feel but for a, for a club perspective to make us a professional organisation off the field I've brought finance in-house we've created brand new finance processes that have helped us to get cash in quicker um, uh, so yes, we're, we're we're sort of improving slowly but surely all the way around the business, and of course we've still got. I've mentioned the training ground previously. Um, again, we've narrowed that down probably to three sites now, and we're just beginning to to draw up some. We now need to go to those sites with some drawings so that we can talk to the owners. Uh, or the people that would be a joint venture if we if it's not land for sale, so that we can start having really productive uh, conversations. But we've we've obviously now seen some sites 
dare I say it, they're all out in Essex, the training grounds, because trying to find the kind of land we want in uh, in, in in the boroughs is nigh on impossible. Um, and it's made slightly worse because there's so many floodplains out in Essex as well. So some of the areas we were looking at were ideal, apart from the fact that half the field would flood if um, in inclement weather. So we had to rule all of those out as well. So there's lots going on there. Uh, hasn't detracted in any way, shape or form from the focus on the field. It's a great, great round out there, Mark, and we, we thank you for uh, your honesty uh, in what you've said so far. So I guess to finish, obviously, you're probably going to listen to the rest of the episode. There's going to be a lot of stressed out fans, a lot of stressed out tweets from Saturday. So what's your final closing message to any Orient fan listening uh, at the moment? To just keep doing what they're doing, which is to back us in, back the team in, in great numbers, vocal support, home and away. We'd like them to be louder at, at home. I think Richie has said that a couple of times, but I know it's sometimes it's easy to be louder away from home when you're all gathered together in one stand. But to keep backing the team in numbers, the team deserve it, Richie deserves it. Um, and, and and stick together you know we um it's it's important that we just uh, just keep focusing and looking forward rather than worrying about what's happened in the last few weeks totally get the emotion involved in football we're all football fans we all get a bit nervous when results don't go our way and we suddenly pick up a few injuries or in our case a few sendings off as well but i just think that you know we've all got a real strong belief in in richie and the players we know that they'll get us over the line um I just would ask the fans to to keep giving their 100% support as they have been doing to Richie and the players. It's important, more important when things are tougher. It's always easier for those of us when uh, when things are going well. But please keep backing the players the way they have been. It's been fantastic support so far, and I think if we can all pull together this, you know, let's. Uh, we I, I think we will see that we'll be able to turn the corners, turn the results around, and the performances, and um, and achieve the success that I know the fans are desperate for. Uh, let me let me assure them that the board and the players and Richie are, are equally desperate for that success. So let's all pull together and, and get ourselves over the line this year. Amen to that. Thank you, Mark. That's great. Really good to hear. And we know how hard you guys are working off the pitch to help make us uh, and Richie uh, successful on it. Let's hope we're talking about a promotion uh, at the end of the season. And uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on and, and sparing us some time this evening. Much obliged to you and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mark. So that was Leighton Orient CEO live on the phone, Mark Devlin. Like Paul said at the top of the show, this only uh, the interview only got confirmed about an hour and a half ago, very shortly. So I'm aware that we had a few more questions come in from different social aspects, but this wasn't a full blown interview. This was Mark wanting to come on, put supporters' minds at ease, and I've got to say, fair play to him. It's easy to come on this podcast when you're top of the league like you done three months ago and everything's rosy it's another thing when they say can we come on tonight to kind of address some fears and want to talk to the fan base directly for a fan led media outlet like ourselves so got to give Mark credit credit. absolutely it's not that that it's brave it's just the fact that there is the desire to want to do that which you don't get at many clubs because we speak to podcasters of of other clubs and they don't get any engagement in some cases with with their board, so they you know very rarely um, that you know they very rarely get these kind of insights from from you know the the corridors of power. So no, a huge props to Mark for for uh, looking to come on and, and to address some, some. You know it's difficult at the moment being being us. Yes, we're top of the league, but we're we we we've started in form. So 
Um, it's a huge credit to him and thank him again and, and Luke for, for making that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you enjoyed that one. I hope that's put a few minds at ease. So going on into supporters club dates. As normal, two new trips to tell you about this week. We go to Crewe on Tuesday, the 7th of February. This one kicks off at 7.45. The coaches leave at 1 o'clock. Adult fare for this one is £40. Concessions, 37. And children aged 15 or under go for £20. That's followed up the following Saturday on the 11th of February. We're going to Walsall. This one kicks <coughs> off at 3 o'clock. And the coaches leave. Sports club at 10am. Again, fares are £40 for adults. £37 for concessions and children aged 15 or under can go for £20. If you're not a member of the sports club, a year is a £3 surcharge for you and all children must travel with an adult and those prices do not include your match day ticket. So you can book for any of those trips by visiting the supporters club on a match day pre or post match or by calling the travel line on 07507 539 Absolutely. So let's crack on then with the week that was. We start, as always, at top of the week. Happy Monday. This was the 23rd of January. No Orient news to report, but Stevenage's game away at Swindon that was due to be played was postponed due to a frozen pitch, meaning that we'd be top of the league for at least another week. (laughs) Nice, nice. So it's who I choose then, 24th of January. The Young O's were back in action for the first time in a while. They faced Gillingham away. The team was announced with Holden. Agimang, Soji, Nello, Sapanara, Karoma, Mohamed, Obiero, Davies, Clements and Avgustidis. And on the bench, we had St. Louis and Swarda. Yeah, Gillingham took the lead in the 12th minute and doubled it six minutes later, which is how the first half ended. But in the second half, we pulled a goal back thanks to an Avgustidis header in the 76th minute. But Gillingham converted a penalty to make it 3-1 10 minutes later. The game uh, was put well beyond doubt in the 88th minute. Gillingham scored a fourth but we weren't done there as Mohamed doubled our tally in the 90th minute as Gillingham ended up running out 4-2 winners. So good fight, good result from them, uh, from the young O's that they kept going. Unlucky. Yeah, unlucky to them. Also, yeah. although the Stevenage game was postponed, there was still quite a few fixtures played in League 2. The fourth place team, Carlisle, did play. They won, closing the gap on the O's to 12 points whilst also having a game in hand so that gap it's a little bit smaller on it Tuesday. is yeah frighteningly smaller Wednesday the 25th of January nothing to report so let's move on to Thursday the 26th yeah the young O's are in action again this time they were at home to Sutton and we took the lead in the 18th minute as Pegram converted from the penalty spot Sutton hit the bar 10 minutes later but the half ended with the young O's won the up and with not much to report in the second mm-hmm. half although Sutton did hit the crossbar late on the O's held on and we won the game 1-0. So, well done, Young O's. Yeah, absolutely. So, a win and a loss this week so far. Friday, the 27th of January at 4 o'clock, the O's announced their fourth signing of the January transfer window with the news that we had signed Kieran Sadlier from Bolton Wanderers for the remainder of the season. And credit to the Orient Media team this um uh, teaser was a little bit easier to guess. <laughs> so thank you for that. Richie uh, said, Kieran joins us with almost 150 appearances under his belt in either the Championship or League One. He's a dynamic player who we feel can operate us with that extra edge in attacking situations. He can play on the flanks or sit just behind the strikers where he can both create and score. So we'd like to have him on board with us until the end of the season. He's a player that we've been monitoring for some time. So extremely happy to have the deal finalised and I'm excited to see what impact he can have on the side 
in these coming months. So, Mr. Levy, your views on the signing of Mr. Sadlier? Yeah, I mean, for me, much more of a signing that I would expect or hope that we would be able yeah. to do. A player that's been playing uh, at a higher level. He's played 29 times this season, so he's been uh, he's match fit, match sharp, been playing at, uh, at a higher level, um, even as sub- uh, maybe substitute appearances, but he's been playing. His goal highlights are obviously superb. They're not, <laughs> they're, they're not rubbish goals. Uh, you know, they're not tap-ins, they're not penalties. They're, they're really, really good goals. So I think it's a bit of an exciting one for us. And as many of the Bolton fans felt, they didn't get to necessarily see at times the best of him. Some were pleased, a minority were pleased that he's moving on, but I think they're probably the short-sighted ones. The majority of the tweets that we had came in that came into our account were look after him he's a good player he's a good in there he's a good quality there so I think actually of the four signings that we've made so far this is the one that excites me the most yeah good point I like, yeah I liked it good signing good age good experience can play in a variety of attacking roles so it looks like he can play on the 11 on the left 7 on the right and a 10 uh, which is where we've kind of struggled when George Monko hasn't played so yeah, very happy. His highlights were, like you said, very good. Quite an exciting player. Yeah. You mentioned the Bolton fans. Obviously, we done a tweet welcoming Kieran to the club. We asked Bolton fans what they thought. Um, that tweet went a bit mental, I would say, among the Bolton fan base. Crazy amount of replies. Like you said, most of them were like, he should tear up League 2. If played mm-hmm. correctly, in the correct position, you should get the best out of him. So very excited. And it's always a good sign when opposition fans are disappointed. Um, to lose a player so for me really happy he's played in this league before he's played leagues above he scored last Saturday away to Derby so literally in his last game he scores against Derby who looked like they could get out of that league the right way so yeah no qualms from me decent response uh, for this one from uh, our followers we've got a few replies to our tweet Leighton Lauriette said competition for George Monker cover for Smith and Archibald extensive league one experience with a smattering of championship matches very nice signing especially if the O's can keep him next season as well. Yeah, Ross McCaffs had plenty of pedigree and seems to be someone who can play in a few positions. Everyone wants a striker to conclude this window, but listening to Richie last night would be very surprised to see that. Yeah, that's in uh, respect of Richie's pre-Tramium match, and he said he kind of, you know, striker wouldn't be happening for that uh, time being. Painting oriented, an exceptional addition, providing the guile, versatility and physicality to hopefully take us into League One and beyond. Yeah, Dax Dudar said, looks like a quality signing. Certain people say it's another low knee, but the, the point is irrelevant. All that matters is getting promoted. Yeah, good tweet there. Yeah. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, don't know much about him, but he scored one more than we did last week, so very much a positive signing. <laughs> <laughs> Phil VZ1 said, this may be the addition to the team that we urgently need. We have just gone a little flat in what is a long, gruelling season, hoping he will take us on another run. Yeah, so you can <coughs> tell from that fan base Bounce very excited. Yeah, mm. which is good, you know. Jamie McCart didn't really set heartbeats racing. Uh, I think Ed Turns didn't really have the effect desired yeah. when he came. This is the first signing where we've got when he actually Jordan Lydon. Proper player. Yeah. Lydon was alright, but you like he wasn't attached to a club and it, you know, the quality's obviously there, it's whether he can get fit enough to play enough games for us. But this one is a player who's been Round and about, yeah. you know, a team on the outskirts of the playoffs in League One, you know, Bolton are up there yeah. with the playoffs. So, yeah, really excited with that one. So, let's move on into Saturday, the 28th of January. The Young O's were in action again versus Northampton Town. They lost the game 3 1. The O's goal coming from a deflection off a corner, I think, went down as an own goal. So, unlucky, the Young O's. It's actually three games in five days looking back, and it's a crazy yeah. schedule. So, 
hopefully uh, more good news videos to come in next week's podcast absolutely assume that's different age groups there main event of the day obviously Tranmere Rovers away before the game as always on the Thursday night we run a Twitter poll through Friday and into Saturday morning to see how you think we get on we had 243 votes on this one 19% of you thought we'd lose 32 went for a draw and an overwhelming 40 well not overwhelming but a, a 49% of those 243 felt that we would get a win at Tranmere so thanks to everyone who took a moment to cast their vote yeah at 2pm this team was announced Lawrence Vigroud named in goal Tom James Omar Beckles Jamie McCart and Rob Hunt named at the back with Darren Prattley Jordan Lydon and George Moncur in the midfield and Theo Archibald Kieran Sadlier and Charlie Kelman making up the 11 on the bench we had Byrne Turns, Thompson Clay Smythe Satiriou and Smith yeah, that meant there were six changes from the team who faced Stevenage. Tom James and Omar Beckles came back from suspension. Uh, George Moncur and Theo Archibald returned to the starting lineup. And new boys Jordan Lydon and Kieran Sadlier came in to make their debuts. Steve, your views on that? Liked it. Last week you spoke about uh, square pegs and round holes. Yeah, there's no square pegs in there. Everyone playing in their strongest positions. Debuts uh, for Sadlier, who I thought might start on the bench, but obviously mm. uh, gets the nod to start and Leiden with a chance to impress. So some big opportunities there. Surprised by Paul Smythe not starting the game, although I think Richie covered that in his post-match. But if you're going to mm. name him on the bench, um, yeah, a bit of a strong one there. At the time when I saw that, I thought, is there more to it than that? Obviously, we know we offered him a new contract. There's been no news that he's signed it. Maybe he has and the club haven't announced it. Maybe he hasn't. You know, we've said enough times, the quality of goals he's scoring and the performances early in the season, if he was a League One manager, would you take a punt on him and make an offer that you might be able to get accepted, bearing in mind that he's out of contract at the end of the season? So when I saw that, I was a bit like, oh, I hope nothing's going on there with uh, young Smythe. Um, but yeah, other than that, Jordan Brown, mm-hmm. which we now know he's injured. He'll be out for four to five weeks, as Richie said in his post-match. But other than that, yeah, really good. Some strong attacking options on the bench I think um, Adam Thompson could feel a bit hard done by yeah. I think he's played two really good games in centre back obviously started as right back last week got taken off after like 28 minutes and now he's on the bench uh, and Jamie McCart has got an odd over him I feel if you're Thompson I'd be a little bit aggrieved actually and again another player who's out of contract uh, at the end of the season so yeah for me those are the only kind of negatives but all in all happy when I saw that you um, I thought I got the back line I thought pretty much barring Thompson and McCart I thought Thompson I don't understand why McCart's been put in instead of Thompson I don't know what Adam's done or what the issue is why he got taken off um, last week there's no injury reported so um, you can only assume it's just that's what Richie wants to go yeah. with um, quite frankly why he wasn't starting is, is a bit baffling for me um, where was I obviously made a note at the time where's Jordan Brown gone uh, why is he not in the squad glad to see Theo back uh, let's hope the six changes though aren't too much I know Beckles and James coming back into their natural roles is fine but you've then got two new boys you've then got Moncur coming back in you've got Theo coming back in on, in his favourite position it's just a lot of change um, players coming in players going out and so on but um, yeah, I think I think the biggest talking point there for me, obviously Sam Sargent's not in the in the squad at all. Uh, Reese Byrne is um, oh, as spot. you read through that uh, line up there. Um, but ultimately, yeah, the biggest talking point for me there is why why Adam Thompson's not starting. He comes on, but why is he not starting? Yeah, so lots of tweets when the team got announced. We'll mention a few that we got in. Our Coral nineteen seventy two. It's Harsh and Thompson dropping to the bench. Other yeah. than that. Decent lineup. I don't understand it. E10 underscore rifle said, looks okay ish on paper. Let's hope 
Yeah, it looks great on grass. Yeah, Grant the Post is too many loanees for my liking in that first team. Yeah. Interesting. Len Chin Chin Wan said, potentially a winning side. Experienced midfield to feed the strikers will need teamwork against a strong opposition. Pace and precision is a must and clinical in the box. Tranmere have had three decent draws, so no easy giveaways, please. Scoring is a must and a tight defence. Three points, please. Yeah, so the match kicked off with Yo's looking to bounce back from last week's defeat against Stevenage against a Tranmere team. Still had hopes of making a late playoff charge. And after a slight delay due to one of the goals being uneven due to a peg... Not in the uh, right place. Really? <laughs> did, did that happened recently somewhere else, didn't it? Where I, the goal was too high I only high saw it on Sky Sports this morning. They seem to that took more focus uh, than what the actual match highlights did on Sky Sports. Really? Uh, yeah. So the game did eventually kick off. Yeah, it's behind Vicks's goal on the first. It looked before they kicked off. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, we're going to fast forward to the ninth minute, <laughs> and the first chance of the game went to Tranmere as Morris Morris sliced his volley over the bar and this isn't a titillating half by any stretch of your imagination people so it's not going to be that long here we had our first chance five minutes later on Theo Archibald did well to get his shot away from about 25 yards out but it went wide of the far corner yeah 19 minutes on the clock now the ball dropped to Saunders in our box who unleashed a powerful shot Beckles did well to make a block yeah so Trevor had their own man making his debut Saunders signed for them on Friday from Bristol mm-hmm. Rovers they were very excited about uh, that signing Trevor well and penalty appeal was uh, for the home side in the 22nd minute after a tangle between Beckles and Saunders no penalty given and play uh, was waved on yeah 31 minutes now on the clock Kieran sadly a superb cross into the area was met by Theo Archibald but he couldn't uh, get the right connection and his header went out of play yeah let's get into the 41st minute Theo Archibald did well to control the ball he sat George Munker who had a shot which went over the bar. One minute of time was added on, played out with nothing of note to report as a team went in goalless at half time. So that's a very quick roundup. Nothing really seemed to happen. I think the biggest no takeaway from me there is Necky hasn't made a save. Arguably, Vigil hasn't made a save either. So they've obviously cancelled each other out. However, like, it's a bit meh. Like, we've yeah. seen plenty of first halves which have just passed us by that you won't remember for long. So I guess we should be disappointed with that one. Absolutely. Uh, there are no changes for the O's at half-time. Tranmere got the second half underway and we're going to fast forward to the 54th minute as our first sub of the game was made as Craig Clay came on to replace George Moncur. Craig Clay and George Moncur are two different types of midfielder. I presume yeah. Moncur has been withdrawn because he's not had an impact in the game or he's been managed for minutes because of Both. his lack of fitness or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I think we've only spoken about him once by having a shot which goes over the bar. So, again... Maybe being a bit harsh on Moncur, maybe because the expectation is so high, but another match where Moncur has largely gone under the radar. Yeah. He's not, He's not. Um, bearing in mind where he's come from, he's not impacting games like you thought he yeah. would walk League 1, League, uh, League 2, sorry. Yeah. And the same sort of comments that are coming from Sadlia, uh, from the Bolton fans, that he should walk League 2. Either it's harder than people realise or these players are just not suited to this kind of style of play and the pitches that we're playing on which aren't that dissimilar to League One. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, okay. Uh, So we'll move on then to um, the 57th minute as we went agonisingly close to opening the scoring. Craig Clay's block shot ended up coming to Omar Beckles where his shot was ended, ended up being deflected out for a corner. Yeah, no chances of note now. 70th minute, we'll skip forward to. The O's made a double change as Harry Smith and Ralph Satu came on to replace Charlie Kelman and Jordan Lydon. And again, no 
chances. We've not mentioned Kalman at all uh, in that 70 minutes. And again, no service to him. So three minutes uh, after coming on, Real Satoru uh, was booked, which is always uh, good to see. And in the AC first minute, the moment that changed the game, Tramir took the lead as dark as Cogley picked up the ball on the right. He fired in a low cross, which hit the outstretched Omar Beckles and went into the back of the net to make it 1-0 to the host. It's a really poor goal. Yeah. It's a really poor goal to concede. When you watch it, Tom James lose, doesn't get to the ball around kind of just inside his own half. Hunt gets done far too easily. And then Theo gets done and needs to do better. Yeah. Despite there's Theo runs a full tilt to get back to get to his man. Does. His man goes past him and Theo literally just gives up. Just stops running yeah. as his man goes into the box. Um... Ballot for Omar, to be fair. I mean, that's the only thing he could do, stick out yeah. his body, try and get it. Although, if he wasn't there, Tremio had two players at the back post just waiting for a tapping. Like, literally unmarked, who would have who would have got it. So, mm. really disappointing goal to concede defensively. Oh, I completely agree. That was a really poor goal. And I think Theo was just taken out of the game by that that player. Uh, anyway, who turned him with such ease. It's like he wasn't even, shouldn't have even bothered making the effort. Yeah. Um, that he did, that he cares enough to make the effort, I credit him for. But yeah, we, we've got to be a little bit stronger. And I think like Richie says in his post-match, we could have, Tom James could have probably done better and stopped that 10, 10 seconds before it even goes out wide to their yeah. man. So there's a there's a, a few errors along the way there that we could and have it, probably yeah, headed it's, off. It's just the luck as well, right? Yeah. If that happens in the season, it hits Beckles and goes over the bar. Like When you're yeah. winning those games 1-0 and the luck's on your side, like that doesn't go in. But at the moment, with the way the current run is going, with just the way the whole Orient vibe is, yeah. At the moment, if it hits his body, it's going to the net to be an own goal. So, yeah, Absolutely. bad luck. 88 minutes on the clock. The O's came agonising close to an equaliser. Tom James whipped in a cross from the left. Jamie McCart flipped the ball onto Harry Smith, whose close-range header hit the crossbar and was then cleared. Your views on that? Difficult chance. Do you think? Yeah, but his bread and butter... 100%. Should be burying that. Yeah. Well, I say difficult chance. It, the flick on is good, but yeah, it should be taking that. But Under no pressure. He, wasn't, he didn't have a defender jumping with him. It was his to head in. But that's why, no disrespect, that's why Harry Smith isn't part of Richie Wellens' plans or hasn't been historically when he's had Aaron Drynan, Royal Soteriu, and Charlie Kalman mm. available. There's nothing to say they would have done any better in that situation, but when you're that, when you're Harry Smith and you're going up for those yeah, headers, you've got to make them count. That's the equalising goal right there. We take a point away from that and be grateful. Well, if you equalise then, then you've got a couple, what, four, four or five minutes left to play, you could yeah. go and sneak it. But like we said, if that was back in August, September, when we're having the luck, that probably sneaks in just under the bar and it goes in. But like at the moment, we're not getting the luck. No. But yeah, Harry will be very disappointed not to have scored that. Agree. Theo, yeah, 89 minutes. Yeah, Theo Archibald got booked as he brang down Chalmers on the counter-attack and Adam Thompson did get on to replace Kieran Sadlier. Uh, With just one minute left, what a strange substitution, I've got to say. I agree, 90 minutes on the clock, so literally on full-time. Tranmere almost doubled their lead as Hemmings hit the bar from close range. Yeah, I mean, we're only covering the game very sporadically, but again, down our left side, they seem to have a field day there, right, our left. Mm. Literally, you watch that, no challenges in. Players running with players, just no challenges put in. Hemming should have really scored that. Had they got a second, I think there would have been even more of a meltdown uh, on outcry, mm. uh, on social. But, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Huge let-off for us. That's, that really should have been to Beckles' man and Thompson 
just stood there looking on. Poor from our defence, we got carved open far too easily for me uh, on that one as well. Yeah, certainly did. With no further talking points, the referee blew the full-time whistle as he has crashed to back-to-back defeats in the league for the first time under Richie Wen as well. Mm. What, what an awful stat. No, it's a great stat. I haven't lost back-to-back league games under Richie Wellens yeah, since I, he took over. Yeah, it's good from the perspective that this is the first time yeah. it's happened, but it's bad that it's happened. Oh, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, That's he's, done, angle, he's done an amazing job over the last 11 months. So Richie did speak to Dave Victor after the game. That's been on the club's uh, official social media channels for more than 24 hours. We're not going to play it. Obviously, Richie was quite disappointed in the performance, I think it's fair to say. Mention the C word, confidence. Confidence yeah. a bit low in the players, and but they're working hard, like Mark said. You know, he said they're working hard to, to rectify it and make it right for next week. Yeah, I think a point to make is he did kind of say he was, he's been backed by the board in terms of the yeah. transfers, which is quite an important one to mention. He said he might get one more over the line. We've obviously heard the Mark Devlin interview from earlier, so obviously we'll see what happens. But that interview is there for all to see, read, listen to, watch uh, as you wish. Absolutely. So, the league table. Yeah, so despite that loss... We are still top. So we have played 28. So we're almost two thirds away through the season. Now. 18 games left. 18 games left indeed. One seventeen, drawn six, only lost five. So run us five out of 28. Which is but still... Two of that. those five are in the last two weeks. Well, it depends, <laughs> the, it depends on the way you flip it, isn't yeah. it? Like Mark's saying, if you would have been offered this, you would have been very happy, which we would have been. Yeah. Uh, to flip it backwards, you would have said, but in January, you're going to play five, draw what, draw two, lose three. Then it's going to flip back on yeah. itself. So... Still very healthy, 57 points, a goal difference of plus 19. However, fourth place to Carlisle won again. Yes, they were sneaky yesterday. The one 1 0 at Rochdale should have been 1 all. Right. Uh, Rochdale had a goal disallowed uh, for nothing. So the gap to the automatic promotion places has been cut. It's now nine points. Points. Yeah. Carlisle do have a game in hand, so they could. Take it to six points. Is that your bum that's squeaking over there, Mr. Squeaky Bum? <laughs> sitting on sitting on these chairs is what it is. Um, so your views, and I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's another defeat to talk about. It just feels like a really negative January, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's difficult to not when you're so passionate and want to do well. And when you've given yourself such a monumental start to a season to then go through a whole month, like not just a couple of games, like a whole month, where you're blipping or whatever word you want to call it. I've said mini-crisis. Well, it's like you said last week, right? This is a weekly podcast, so you can look in games and blocks like the border, and that's not a bad thing to look at it. But However, because this, this is weekly, you're, we're doing it on a game-by-game basis. So some weeks when you win, you're like, the world's brilliant. But then when you're coming off the back of a January, so it's four podcasts now where we haven't won, so it's either been a draw or a loss. Draw or loss. It does feel yeah. more like a... Oh, What's going on? Yeah, when you look at it on a granular basis, that's what actually happens. Yeah. When you look at the from a helicopter view and you look at yeah. it from, from a whole month's perspective, it's not really like Mark said, like if you'd have said to me, end of January going into February, you'll be top. Yeah. Clear of fourth by nine points, or set say however many points it is. Six points at the worst, yeah. Six points at the worst. Would you take that? Absolutely. I'd have been like, absolutely I would. Yeah. So perspective is everything. Um, but again, we're just not firing. Another below par performance. You know, I spoke to people who were there, and, and it's just imagine like travelling all the way up there on the trains that weren't working, running properly yeah. anyway. The cost of it, the cost of the ticket, the cost of the day out. People are doing lo- loads of money on these play- on these trips, and then going to see a lacklustre performance like that is just for me poor. I know it's not a comparison, but just Bristol Rovers lost five one yesterday away to Morecambe. 
and Joey Barton find all of his players and has given all that money back to the supporters. Like has ticket really? prices and travel. He's taken the, all the players' wages and I'm not paying you for your day's work yesterday really? <laughs> for that. And he's literally got, gone, there you go, to the fans who travelled. Like, here's your, here's your money back. Do you know, I've got no respect for Joey Barton because I don't think the guy's a good guy, but that's a <laughs> that's really crazy. good thing. Yeah. That's a really, I don't not know. Not that I'm saying I should do that, but I'm just no, saying no, that, no. that's an example of a magic. It's an extreme that's example. That's not good enough. And yeah. not, you're, not, you're not fit for purpose to get paid and I'm giving it back to the fans but that's quite a smart move yeah that was nice we don't expect that no um, we had 54% percent possession in that game not one single shot on target in 90 minutes plus yeah. whatever added time there was I think that'll be the concerning part for Richard not a single shot on else. target so obviously we hit the bar but obviously that doesn't go that down doesn't count on target, target. And, no. and again Seven. like Stevenage not even what their keeper their keeper had don't to even need to put his jersey in the wash or his shorts on the wash. It's like last week's tweet, yeah. isn't it, for Nigel Conway? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be something that's disappointing for Richie. Absolutely. For their goal, I see what Richie means about stopping it early. They did well. The ref allowed play to go on, fair play, but Theo was done too easy, as I said before, and it was a good shot at goal. I'd be quite happy with that goal for us. Question mark, was it too many changes? Was, was the expectation of a player who hasn't played for 11 months too much? Sadly, barely trained. Was that the right thing to do? Uh, Monka, like we, we, you know, we're we're stuck because Brown, as it turned out, is injured uh, and is out for four or five weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if Paul Smythe is was fit, I'm calling him Smythe now because Harry Smith is yeah, he's back. as well. Yeah. If Smythe was fit, maybe sadly starts on the bench, probably. Maybe if Elmis is available, Arden probably doesn't start the game. So some of those are probably forced changes Fair. to yeah. a, to a certain point. I'd say James and Beckles walk back into that team, and you probably go, yeah, that's yeah. That's fair enough. Theo, we've been crying out for Theo really in terms of productivity. Yeah. To get back in overall, we go there, that's fair. Probably a fair point around Arden. And sadly, I probably f- forced the hand a little bit by yeah. restricting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richie's mentioned the, the word confidence. The players are lacking confidence. We're top of the league. Like, how is there? Why is there? How did this happen? How did this start? Uh, for them to sort of not have the confidence, we're top of the league. We should be going out there and and not playing other people, not playing other people's games. We've been caught too many times getting dragged into the Stevenage way of playing, or the Northampton way of playing, or the Wimbledon way of playing. Like when we've asserted our game on other teams, yeah. um, and we're just not seeing that anymore. And people have been speaking about the gap to fourth, you know, being double digits for so long now. It's now nine with potentially six if they win their game in hand. Stevenage have got two games in hand, We've got two, we, and we're just two points ahead of them now. Now, granted, if we don't go up as champions, I'm not fussed. First, second or third for me, no problem. It'd be a shame not to go up as champions, yeah. given we've been there for pretty much all this season. So it would be a shame. But I, I think everyone at the start of the season was like, let's go up, I'm not worried about the championship. But because we've been top for so long, Correct. from literally like end of September to late January or we're still top actually so we've been top since late September everyone the expectations have gone up so rapidly I think a lot of those fans would be disappointed to not win the league yeah Uh, we we can all sit and go top three perfect yeah but I think think we're all dreaming of going to Valley Parade and not lifting that trophy but you know all you've got to do is finish in the top three yeah and that's good enough yeah uh, really um, yes so as our January as for our January transfer overall I'm a little bit unimpressed by it to be honest we've signed a youth a young kid from a Premier League club with no experience we've got a player who's been injured making his first start in 11 months uh, we've got a player who's not played um, 
sorry, we've got Kieran Sadley out. I think really is the only credible signing for us. Uh, Jamie McCart has been injured and, and is looking to get game time and get minutes. Yes, we need him, left-footed, unfortunately, because Dan's injured. But overall, like for a side that's pushing promotion out of this league, is that window, is this window genuinely good enough? Are those the sort of signings? Now, forget what Gillingham are doing because they're just going out and spraying money. Forget what Colchester are doing because they're in a situation where they, these, both those teams have to do that. They've made some really good signings by the looks of things, on paper anyway. Um, but is it for a team that are top of League 2, the top of the league, are those signings really good enough to help push us on and to cement the fact that we could potentially be champions is my big question. Suffering a bit of deja vu here as well because I, I distinctly remember January last year <laughs> we were in the midst of a blip. We're in the midst of a transfer issue. We signed five players, including Jordan Brown. He's the only one, six players. He's the only one that's still here. <laughs> you know, yeah. Otis Khan went to Grimsby or whoever it was. Yeah, that was was signed. Yeah. Um, you know, Coleman's gone to Gillingham. It's just, hmm, we've signed players that turned out not to cut it at the club. I hope that doesn't turn out to be this January transfer window for us as well. It's good to point about January transfer window, which kind of, like you said, it's almost like deja vu a little bit and you're trying to piece the pieces together. I think we had a few tweets or two or three about the traffic light system. Yeah. Which, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, potentially, for my views... Mine is quite short compared to yours, actually. Mm. Uh, I just, it does appear that some wheels are starting to fall off this Orient Express train that has been going at a very good speed. Now, why the wheels are falling off, I'm not sure, because like you said, we're top of the league, so I don't know where the confidence has gone when we're top of the league. I know players have gone off the boil. I know Paul Smythe hasn't had a December and January like he had for the first part of the season. I know Fia's been injured. George Moncur has fallen off a cliff, let's be honest. Yeah. Put loads of weight on. He's had his wisdom teeth out. He's been ill. He seems to have all kinds of travesties thrown at him over the festive period. I yeah, hope he's nice. okay. Yeah, but, but mate, I mean, we talk about FFP. I know apparently George Moncur's, some of his wages are being subsidised by Holsey. Allegedly. Allegedly. He's still on a massive wage. And I guarantee he's costing at least what two other players are costing in other squads. Because to get him from the championships later on, it wouldn't have been cheap, even if Hulse at are paying a certain percentage of his fee. So I kind of, I do feel for the board when he's talking about FFP, because I think we've got players on big salaries at Leighton Orient, which obviously mean you can't go signing loads of other players. So, yeah, I think the Wolves have started to come up. Richie still does fill me with confidence in his post-match. I think he makes some really good points, and he always seems in control of it, as does Mark earlier, which kind of put my mind at ease a little bit. But yeah, when I saw that team, I thought that team should have enough in there. I know there's six changes in there, but when you go Theo is a regular, George is a regular, Tom James is a regular. It's not like there's six new players all being thrown in. Four of of those are are the core of the team anyway. So I was quite confident in that team. But again, like you said, zero on target. Yes, if Harry Smith scores, I think we're all feeling a bit more optimistic. Mm. But it's, it's Harry Smith. Like, without sounding harsh, Harry Smith, that's why... He went on loan to Exeter City and doesn't start for Leighton Orient because if he gets one chance a game, he doesn't always score that, which is a shame. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only other point I've got to make is we are in such a strong position here. It does feel like a bit of a wasted opportunity with the lack of transfer activity that we've seen. So you look at our nearest rival, Stevenage, a Leighton Orient, a bigger club than Stevenage. I say, yeah, actually, we are a bigger club than Stevenage, so we should have more resources than what Stevenage have got mm. in my eyes. 
Northampton Town, probably on par, but they've, they've fallen off a bigger cliff than what we have. And you look around, you're like, this is a really good opportunity to get out of League Two. And if we don't take it this season, I still think we will. I still think we get out of this league. Just, maybe just, mm. but I still think we do. If we don't, I don't know where this club goes. And I think it's, only, it's quite early to be talking about that because we're not even out of January. But if we don't go up this season, I don't know where Leighton Orient go forward. Mm. Because next season, it looks like Wrexham are coming into this league. And it will at some point. And then I know people mention FFP, but they've got literally multi-million pound deals all over the world. So they, they will literally be able to buy whoever they want um, from it. And the teams coming out of League One or down the bottom of League One already look stronger than what came out of League One last year. So I still think we'll do it. I'm, I'm a lot more nervous than what I was three or four weeks ago. My complacency, if I had any, is now gone. And I just hope on Saturday when we go to Orient to watch him against Wimbledon, which is a, we'll come on to Wimbledon, which is going to be a tough game that we have a performance that we can be proud of and go, we battered them. And now the season's back on track. Mm. So, yeah, lots of views and talking mm. points this week, Mr. Lee. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, we, we had an awful lot that came in to our social media accounts. So thanks to everyone who's taking the time to uh, tweet us, uh, email us, um, DM us on whatever social media platform that you're on. We, we do also accept voice messages now. So we did put uh, out any uh, request for a voice message. We thought people were so passionate and engaged after the tramway game. Let's try and get some real life messages to make the podcast maybe a bit more interactive. Um, no one sent us any voice memos. So if you do, give us a DM and we can get your very uh, dulcet tones or very exciting tones mm. on this very podcast. Yeah, so if 280 characters or whatever it is on, on Twitter isn't enough for you and you would like some more uh, and to be able to articulate yourself in a few more characters than 280, then yeah, send us um, send us a message on uh, Telby, which we will tweet uh, out the information Absolutely. on. So, Wrecker Blue App kicks off this week. Getting concerned now. Next week is a big game for us. Otherwise, we could fall embarrassingly close to the playoffs. David Sears through said, utter garbage, deserve nothing, got nothing. Didn't test their keeper and didn't look like scoring. Just already doing what we do best. Stroud Greeno said, yeah, we're still top of the league. But anyone who isn't uh, panicking right now cannot be human. I'm absolutely bleeping it <laughs> that we're going to throw it all away Joe Jessner 16 said Monker is going down as one of the worst signings of all time I think those wages could have been used he's clearly overweight no wonder he can't make it through 90 minutes Joe not happy there with George no absolutely E10 Newman said definitely in a jacket-esque run of form now offered nothing all game Tranmere deserved their victory Back to the drawing board, Mr. Wellens, and quickly, please. Jagsy1979 said, No sugarcoating this. We are massively in decline and at real risk of throwing away our best chance of going up. And I'm also concerned we might lose Smythe. Last week, played like he was trying to avoid an injury and today didn't feature. Move on the cards? Yeah, there's something niggling in the back of my mind that Paul Smith might not be staying with us longer than the January transfer window. Well, well I guess once we get past Tuesday yes. or midnight Tuesday... Yes. And we hopefully we keep the team all intact. Hope because so. hopefully he starts and gets over his injury in inverted speech marks because yeah. he was on the bench yesterday. But, but he was injured but in he, the warm up. But he was injured in the warm up. We keep not anyone can see what we do, we keep inverted we keep doing inverted <laughs> speech marks to ourselves. Um, hopefully after that party's in he can relax and hopefully whatever's on his mind, if anything is on his mind, can can come out yeah. of his mind and give Absolutely. him the freedom to play on. 
Moving on then, we're going to move to Paul Ravens39, who tweeted us by saying, it's how turgid and uninspiring we look that's my biggest concern. How is it possible for a group of players that were playing so well to fall this far off a cliff? Something needs to change, whether it's the system or the playing personnel. Yeah, I think we missed off Lomax underscore Chris, who said, we are still top, but remember, Stevens have played two games less, so even fourth spot is creeping ever closer. Uh, Wallace, uh, Wallace RM1 said, I'm afraid there is only one word. Abysmal, no shots on target, passing was shocking. Touch seems to have deserted everyone. Look at our possession, all sideways and backwards. Why, oh why, do we get into good positions and come inside, uh, but come inside or go back, for, go for a back pass? Yeah, Josh John Rogers said, we deserve that. This performance has been utterly shambolic. No shape, no movement. And to a man other than Beckles, our first touch has been pathetic. You can't blame the strikers. You could have Shearer up top. He wouldn't get a sniff as we have created nothing. Yeah, Trouser Techno said, possibly the worst performance under Richie and we got exactly what we deserve. Nothing. If you cannot play well, at least put it put in the effort and that seems somewhat lacking too. Lacking creativity, lacking shots on target, zero. Means you will win nothing too. Very disappointing. Or in underscore Ed, so positive is that we show glimpses of how we can play, but negatives, where do you start? Blunt and attack again. Ship out Royal and Clay as they are useless. Tom James and Rob Hunt are shadows of their former selves. It's the second half of this, uh, the second half of last season again, and no sign of changing. Kid Samson, a similar line, said it's just not. It's not just that we're failing to find the net; it's that we're not creating any chances. The build-up play is excruciatingly slow, and we're massively over-reliant on Paul Smith or Theo to do something individually magical because we give the central striker absolutely nothing. Been yeah. saying that for a couple of weeks. Yeah, more points about the strikers. Yeah, El Cuadro, So we are now only nine points ahead of fourth, and they have a game mm. in hand. We have now only scored one in seven. I hope to be proven wrong, but are we witnessing the biggest collapse in history? And at this rate, I can't even see us making the playoffs. We are witnessing a car crash. I'm, I'm not. I'm not where El Cuado is yet. But a few more weeks of performance like this, I could be. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, I think. I think it's. We'll deviate round any obstacles but it's just taken out it's just taken time to get to a point where we will do that yeah. so hopefully we can kick on against Wimbledon the Dorset Viking tweeted in and said Wellens was given all the awards and praise in the first half of the season now he needs to take the negativity January's been a disaster no shots in two games the gap to second is pretty much gone gap to third is shrinking with each game needs to stop the rot and quickly and the board need to step up as well with some cash Form table has us currently 21st. We really need to get our stuff together. Can't buy a shot at the moment, let alone a goal. January has been a disaster. We need to look forward now to February and hope Richie and the players can improve the situation. A very emotional tweet there uh, from the Dorset Vikings. Tom Davies, he's mm-hmm. 17. So this isn't a wobble now. This is a slump. We haven't looked like winning or scoring for yonks. There you go. Wilco300 said, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's eight games with only a wonder goal from Theo to shout about. Could our manager's stubbornness to change style cost us promotion? Interesting Big question. point there. Yeah, Dan Alton, 2590. So another embarrassing, gutless performance. Since Christmas, we've been we've seen this squad sorry, tested for the first time this season. And it's safe to say they couldn't have handled this pressure any worse. So if we bought a promotion from being 18 points clear, they should never be forgiven. So very emotive tweets. Yeah. Very emotive tweets. Vince Howard, 73, said, We've been found out and the fact that there was no positive reaction after last week makes me wonder if all is not well in the dressing room. The system just isn't working anymore and I'm not sure if Richie can see this. 
Yeah, interesting point there. Dave M1812 said, now going into panic mode. Another game where we didn't work the keeper. Richie must get it sorted. What is happening with Smythe? If he is not fit, he shouldn't be on the bench. And the same as Moncur. Mm. Wimbledon bullied us before. And at the moment, can't see it changing. Molly Folly 2019 said, I want to see the best in these new signings. I want them to do well. But let's be honest. Have we seen anything that excites us so far? Turns, poor, McCart, awful. Leiden and Sadly are disappointing today. Not even a spark that gives us hope. It's terribly depressing. Yeah, Boats, he said, where to start with today? Positives are we create some chances with some nice build-up play. However, we can't seem to find that end product and make poor decisions with the ball. We are still in a great position, but I'm starting to worry how our form will change. Orient Fan TV said, something needs to change and quickly. Otherwise, we're going to throw this opportunity away. Starting to feel that do the players really want this or not? Not the owner's fault. This is all down to the players and the management team. Somehow they need to rectify this slump and do it quickly. Richie J. Bourne said, I was at the game and obviously disappointed. But the idiots booing and a couple of sports giving it large to Harold and Wellens. That's not the Orient That's way. Now, obviously, we weren't there, right? So, but I've seen a few tweets on this. So, I think there's only small minority of fans. So, so, of course, we don't speak for the entire fan base. But anyone booing Wellens or giving Wellens jip or how? What are you doing? Like, what? Like, everyone's entitled to a view. We encourage everyone to give their views. But if Wellens is coming over to clap you and Harold, and you We're lose one nil, the and the performance is not very good, and we all know how annoying the performances and we all know how ugh, people spend their hard earned money and spend the whole day getting to train whatever but to give Wellens and Harold abuse like I, I just don't think that's what people should be doing yeah I agree David Dawson 95 said you're never as good as they say you are you're never as bad as they say you are we're not far off it just need the midfield and up top to start running for each other on and off the ball sadly it looked good Leiden and McCart two yards off the pace Still going up easily. Nice positive tweet from David. Yeah, Thank should you. have been the final word, really. Nice one, David. Yeah. Les, okay, 52. says, panic mode now in operation. <laughs> the stats show not just a lack of goals, but also shots on target. This has to be addressed, or we're in danger of throwing away a position you only see once in a blue moon. Decent run of games coming up, but we need a striker desperately, and not alone either. New Twitter handle coming in here. Jay Harrison WLR said, This is pre-season 2.0. New faces, lack of identity and sloppy defending. Next week is absolutely massive. Back the lads, we are still absolutely in control of our destiny. We are. You could literally say to 22 other teams in the league, where would you rather be? In your place, would you rather be? Like, yeah, do you want to swap? Yeah. Apart from Stevenage, you were two points behind with two games in hand. And even then, they might go, actually, we'd rather be in honest position. Like... Two, and two points closer to promotion. There was a, um, a I saw this somewhere like of the teams that have gone up of recent time 80, 79, 81 points is roughly where you need to be yeah. like going up automatically. We're on fifty seven. We've got eighteen games left to play. So eight threes are twenty four. Um, so really, we probably need seven seven or eight wins will probably just about get us to automatics from 18 yeah. games same thing happened to us Green Rovers last season right yeah. started like a train on fire had an awful second half of the season just scraped it and ended up just scraping the league so you know can happen it can absolutely happen Jamie 00818709 another new Twitter handle Welcome. on the pod so this is a rough patch we've just got players back from suspension and injury plus the players we've brought in 
need time to gel and get into the flow of playing. But we've given ourselves a massive advantage and in a few games' time, I think we'll be back to winning. In Ritchie, we trust. Ben Ben 1980 said, The gap is too close now. The style of play that worked in the summer and autumn just doesn't work in the cold weather. Hate to say it, but we need to part the idea of playing attractive football for now and learn how to play the dirty, direct game until the weather gets warm. Yeah, MS Orient, so please don't tell me this is 2014 all over again. Our form since November has been abysmal. Still top of the league. Got to keep the faith, but a few wins are really needed to get the confidence going again. And who are we blaming this week, Ovis fans? Parksy1881 said, Happy clappy me, rubbish. Realistic me, rubbish. Pessimistic me, we're still 15 points ahead of Salford in fifth. And I think that's an allusion to the fact that they spend loads of money. Yeah. And they're fifth. And they lost yesterday to Crawley. So, you know, teams will lose. Teams around us will lose. And a lot of those teams have still got to play one another yeah. as well, which uh, will be interesting. Stevenage, although two games in hand, they've got to play an awful lot of football to to get back to Correct. those two yeah. games. So James Eastwood, 83, said four things I've learned from this game. One, the lone striker doesn't work. Two, the football up to the final third is good, but it means nothing when we don't create chances and score goals. Three, tinkering with the team does not help. And four, Monker's heat map is nothing short of abysmal. <laughs> Magic underscore John said, another week goes by and still no news on Smith, James, Beckles and Viggs signing new contracts either. Yeah, a good point there. We should have uh, maybe asked Mark on that one. Didn't think of that one. Splendid though, says Tranmere Rovers fan and I come in peace. I love it when we get tweets from yeah. opposition fans. Said, Thought we edged it today. In, ro- in ropey forms ourselves, but you were slick in midfield but had no end product. Your number 19 is a monster felt for him on the own goal so he's obviously talking about Omar Beckles yeah. nothing he could do though Cogs who was our right midfield player dominated your left side all game a bit there like you what go. you said earlier so thanks for your tweet uh, although you're not listening to this uh, splendid though yeah absolutely Orient Boys said out battled out for yet again too many players are off it they're right back easily the best player on the pitch we look tired no fight no pace no creativity at all and poor Kelman not one scrap to feed off time for Richie to now really earn his money and the final word this week goes to Lawton Gamps who said very disappointing today we played some nice stuff at times however it was of no urgency or end product we may need a new striker but the bigger issue is the total lack of chances being created been a wonderful season our advantage is rapidly disappearing now. Yeah, so do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us. We're at or in Outlook. You can email us or in Outlook at Outlook.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search or in Outlook podcast. And we're on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. As that wraps up the views. It certainly does. So time to go to the Town and Country Harlow Prediction League updates. So Town and Country cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire and are run by Orient season ticket holders and fans. And along with this very podcast have helped loads of you move home. And the best bit is they offer all those fans and staff a discount from their already competitive fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property or just curious as to its value, you can save yourself a few hundred quid Keep it in your own family. You can give them a call on 01279 or on 07528 or you can go and contact the team on Twitter. You can find them at T and C Harlow or you can get in contact with Charlie at Charlie underscore Paul. Yeah, they're town and country. We don't just sell houses, we change lives. An extra special credit, I guess, goes to Poplar32, Wadsey and O's Fan Basing 
who all correctly predicted today's score. Obviously no scorer for us, so maximum points on offer today were three, and they were awarded then. So that means the top of the Prediction League is as follows. That tall O's fan on 30 points. O's fan basing is second on 23, moving into second place. David Landau, 17, is a point behind on 22, and LOFC underscore Dan is on 20 points. So thanks to everyone who tweets us with their predictions. Yes, let's move on into today as it stands. On Sunday, the 29th of January, the O's ladies were in action. They were up against Enfield Town third and lined up as follows with Roman in goal, Alexander, Walsfold, Duffield, Hunt, Miller, Lily, Taylor Newsom, Almeida, Feldman and Pierce on the bench. They had Waif, Williams, Pert, Ellison, Lynch, and Chitate Samuiro, is that right? Very good. Thank you. Yeah, very good. The ladies took the lead in the 40th minute through Hunt uh, and doubled their lead in the 68th minute thanks to Taylor Newsom's goal. Uh, they ended up winning the game 2-0. So well done uh, to the ladies. Good that you've got your game on uh, because of the last couple of fallen foul of the weather. Yeah, well... Yeah, good to hear the ladies are doing well. Brilliant. Well yeah. done, ladies. So at one hour, 11 minutes and 40 seconds, let's wrap up this bad boy. So Fantasy Football Update, Lewis Fear is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League, he's on 1,353 points, only five points ahead of James Denman in second place. I'm in 219th place at 355 players. So all to play for now in the next few weeks. So let's go on in to positives and negatives of the week. So although we lost, and it's been a fairly negative podcast, um, we still got three positives. So first up, yep. and it will still be a positive as long as we are there, we are still top of League 2. Very important, do not forget it. The O's are at the top of the tree. Second positive is players are back now and available. So Omar Beckles, Tom James uh, back from suspension and Theo Archibald back in the starting 11 following his injury. And the third positive on Friday, we signed Kieran Sadlier, a very um, uh, exciting player. Hopefully he's one. Potentially, yeah. He's going to be very important for the O's. Gives us another option on either wing that I really feel that we've needed um, over the last couple of months. So I'm excited about that one. So three positives. Mr Levy, Yeah, negatives. four negatives this week. Obviously our loss to Tranmere uh, this weekend. The current Our current form, we can't go, uh, you know, like someone said on the form, you know, we're at the bottom end of well, the table. Well, 21st, the form table, based Out on the 24. last six games, doesn't really shout of... Championship, championship material yeah. absolutely not fan morale seems to be a little bit low in some parts and, and others are like no be realistic about this I see I saw a brilliant post by Brian Barker today about the fact of you know where we were um, and in the 2019 season under God rest his soul just in Edinburgh and when we had a bit of a dip around this sort of time as well and people weren't calling for Justin's head uh, at that time, it was no keep faith, keep positive, and and look what he ended up delivering. So you know, there's the, the synergies that we can draw on, and we should be uh, a bit more positive than we are. But we've already addressed why this is, you know, why we're not because we do it game by game and not in yeah, blocks. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think everyone. I don't think anyone's calling for Richie's head. I think everyone just needs. There's a couple to, of idiots. Uh, that have, really, a couple of idiots. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well. well <laughs> If you get rid of I don't know if they're just goading messages or, I, 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 or I've not, se- I've not or seen that. it. I, that must be a wind-up merchant. But, you know, Farrell obviously it's very important. Mark spoke earlier about the importance of sticking together. I think it's a, obviously, I think it's a two-way thing, right? If you, yeah. get, if you get into Brisbane Road on Saturday and the team give us a 10 minutes, first 10 minutes, and get on top of Wimbledon and they give us something to be loud about, yeah, then I, we think, will. I don't think there's an issue there. If Wimbledon come out of the blocks with 1,400 away fans in that stand, because they, they sold it out literally like an hour so they've already sold out their way, and if they go one up early, so to speak, it's going to be very difficult, I think, to get the fans back on track. Yeah. It's going to be nervous anyway. Just give us a 
open in 10, 15 minutes where you go at them, create some chances, make their keeper work, and that way I think you'll have a constant crowd thing. And if it's been like what it's been the last couple of home games where you get in there and nothing happens for half hour and it's cold and it's horrible and there's 1,400 all bunched together and being loud in... Don't know what the expectation of the fans is to be, but I think you know we. I think we're quite lucky with, with the sweets we get. I think that normally gives quite a good represent, representation of how the fans feel. We don't speak for every Orient fan, but we get. We don't uh, speak for anyone but ourselves. No, but we we cover quite a broad range. Yeah. I think, and you can tell from the majority of that. I reckon it's seventy thirty negative, seventy five mm. twenty five negative, which is probably the feeling out there mm. um, so yeah I think it's I think it's a massive thing so that can only be a negative at the moment yeah and the last negative we had is obviously Jordan Brown's uh, injury uh, and Paul Smith is is still injured as well according to Richie yeah so hopefully uh, he's still an iron player uh, within the next 48 hours yeah, absolutely Christ, we so. will see <laughs> town and country Harlow hero of the week we didn't take this one to Twitter but we were both uh, unanimous in our decision this week so the town and country Harlow hero of the week is we're going to give it to the ladies team yes. this week for their 2-0 their win. So well done to the ladies. So let's move on then to next week's fixture. Absolutely. Just the one fixture coming up for the O's. It's the Danny Macklin Derby. <laughs> we host AFC Wimbledon Saturday the 4th of February. Despite a poor start to the season. Wimbledon had a shocking start to the season. They kept faith though in Johnny Jackson. Yep. They are now in 10th place. They're only three points off the playoffs mm. they beat Stockport County yesterday 1-0 great result for them the last six though 1-2 drawn 3 lost 1 so only lost 1 at the last six, only one one six yeah. however this does feel like quite a big match to me like I yeah. said it's going to be a sellout it's like a London derby it's a big big game for Wimbledon obviously when we played Wimbledon at their place didn't go the way we wanted it to I think there was a bit of aggro weren't there if you remember rightly yeah. between stewards and um, the fans and they fans. changed and their stewards Wimbledon were quite their players were quite wind-up merchants. I remember Harry Pell goading a few yeah. fans when he scored and cut when he's... So, I think it's going to be a bit... I think this is a big game. It might be a bit of a nasty edge to this one. So, hopefully, they get the job done. And hopefully, mm. everyone is singing loud and proud. So, if you're going, sing up uh, for the Orient. Stand up for the Orient. Let's get behind Richie and the boys. And hopefully... At 4.45, we all be rocking all over the world. Yeah, I agree. We owe them one because of how their tactics. We Absolutely. we stooped down to their tactics as well, if I remember rightly. Sponsorship reminder, don't forget to uh, get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist. You can call them on 0208 529-4130 you can get in touch via social media if that's easier for you Carol Langley E4 uh, is their um, Twitter handle or at EssexBiz B-I-Z-Z on Twitter Instagram they're Carol Langley Florist and Facebook just search Carol Langley Florist that's C-A-R-O-L-E L-A-N-G-L-E-Y Florist on Facebook so that is it yeah, thank you for joining us for episode 308. Unfortunately, it wasn't the result we were all hoping for against Tranmere. We picked up only our fifth loss of the season. And no doubt about it, we are struggling for form and confidence seems low as the performances are not where they need to be. But we have a big game next week. We host AFC Wimbledon, like we said. So let's get behind Richie, hopefully stopping this poor run. And like we said, this time next week, hopefully be a happy mood or an Outlook podcast towers. Mm. We'll be feeling more positive but, however, still very important, we are still top of the league. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, if you're listening on iTunes or any device, whatever you listen to us, um, please subscribe. We'd appreciate a rating. It really does help other fans to try and find us if they're looking for an Orient podcast and they you know, don't know anybody else that's listening. So it does help the algorithms. We'd be very grateful if you could add us to your favourites. 
um, so that you get notified uh, about uh, the podcast when they come up. So if you're on Spotify, TuneIn uh, or Stitcher, that all applies to you. In fact, really, wherever you get your podcast from, just do that for us. We'd be ever so grateful. We're also on Smart Speakers, Fan Hub app, so listening to us couldn't be any easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum who you think would like the podcast, grab it for them, download it for them, and pass the pod. So I think we've got to say a massive thank you to Mark Devlin uh, for coming on yep. earlier and the club. So like we said, it's easy to come on when you're top. It's not so easy to come on when you're struggling a bit. I thought he was very honest. I thought he articulated himself really well and made yeah. me a bit calmer anyway. Agreed. So thank you, Mr. Devlin, for coming on to the podcast. So we'll be back with episode 309 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.